is Connie and I just wanted to say thank you so much for your comments and your feedback on my previous episode. It really means so much to me and encourages me to keep doing this. I was feeling, I don't know, kind of rethinking if I should do this just because it's so vulnerable of me to put myself out there to the world. (laughs) But hearing that it helped a lot of you and inspired you guys really encourages me to keep doing this since that's the reason why I decided to do this. If my story can help someone else, then it's worth it for me. So again, thank you so much for letting me know and for your feedback. It really meant a lot to me. So today I'm just going to share a bit about my story of what life looked like for me before recovery. So I was born the second of 13 kids. I have a twin sister. I'm nine minutes older than her. And I was born a highly sensitive empath, which in short means that I'm very emotional and I have a very sensitive nervous system, just which means that I am very sensitive to energy, to touch, noise, um, food, sleep, changes, pretty much everything. And in my family and also in the society that we live in, I didn't feel like there was space for being emotional. I was always told I'm too sensitive, too much, should stop thinking so much, should move on and just get over things. And so I tried to do that. I tried to shove my feelings down, stop caring so much, and pretty much tried to be somebody that I wasn't, which didn't work out very well. And what happened was that I created coping mechanisms to try to keep me away from all the repressed feelings that I had inside to help me deal with the anxiety that came with trying to shove down and change who I was. One of the earliest coping mechanisms that I started to have is a lot of anxiety. I felt like there was always just something wrong with me. I remember feeling crazy and like I was broken and I needed to be fixed and like I'm not normal and feeling like I needed to be fixed and I'm crazy and something was wrong with me. You know, I just, it kept me busy and away from my feelings because it made me feel like okay, well, we'll find out what's wrong with me and then I'll be okay. And so I used to go from therapist to therapist feeling more and more broken with everyone I went to because the therapists weren't fixing me. They weren't helping me. And they didn't have the answers. They would try to hug me or have me write something about or draw a picture of something I was angry about. But I just left feeling helpless and hopeless and like I'm beyond help because nobody was able to make me feel sane and change me into somebody that I was supposed to be to feel okay. And I went to a psychiatrist who put me on medication, but the medication didn't help me either. It made me really tired and it just made me feel, again, like I'm beyond help because even medication can't change me and fix me and help me. And so what now? And Another coping mechanism that I started using pretty early on was food to cope. And I developed a very unhealthy relationship with food and exercise and weight. I noticed how people who were thinner and people who dieted and lost weight were the ones who 
were given attention, were, it seemed to me, loved more. They were the ones that fit into all the cool clothes and people were always commenting on how beautiful they were and how great they looked. And in my family and in the society I lived in, that was what was looked at as, in, from what I saw, you know, somebody who had more worth and who seemed to be happier. And so I started to believe that if I had a smaller body, then that would fix me. Then I would feel better. Then I would get the love that I needed and that I wanted and then I'd be happy and then I wouldn't feel so crazy. But trying to make my body smaller didn't work. And instead it just created a situation where I just binged more and more and more. And I remember I would just go in the closet and eat and eat and eat until I felt so full. I felt like throwing up and I felt sick. And I just remember just hating myself and hating my body so much. And I had critical voices in my head all the time yelling at me, bullying me all the time. And I felt like I wanted and needed to just escape my own body, which I feel is what led me to start, start to have panic attacks. So I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would run to my parents' room, I would knock on the door and I would wake them up and they would come out and say, what's wrong? And I would just cry and say, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's wrong. And I felt crazy. How could I not know what's wrong? I didn't know that what was wrong was actually the fact that I thought I was wrong and the fact that I was ignoring who I was. There was nothing wrong with me. That's what was wrong. I didn't know that. I thought that what was wrong is that I was broken and all my feelings were wrong. I didn't know that it was just about accepting and embracing who I was and that I was running away from myself. And of course you're going to have anxiety when you run away from who you are, but I, I had no clue. And another thing that happened, another coping mechanism is that I started to get really busy in my mind to escape my feelings. So I would over plan everything, always thinking about what am I going to do next? What's my future going to look like? You know, all the mistakes that happened in the past. I was never present in my thoughts. I was like, almost as if my mind was on a treadmill, constantly obsessing about everything and anyone. And so I became a codependent, very codependent, which means that pretty much I stopped. I didn't know how to look inside myself for security. I didn't know that my worth was in me. I thought that my worth was in everybody else and in everything outside of me. So I started to think and obsess about how do I get other people to love me more? How do I get them to understand me more, to agree with me more? to fill my needs, you know, if they change and understand me or tell me what I need to hear or act how I need them to act, then I'll be happy. Then I won't have be anxious anymore. Then I'll be okay. And they're really the problem. And I really started to feel like a victim and to feel like my issues were everybody else's fault. And I... I forgot to say that another obsession that I had was um, exercise, that I was always planning my life, when I was going to exercise, how I was going to exercise. I always felt really guilty when I missed a workout. And it also was just another way that I was keeping myself distracted and feeling like if I always work out every day, then I'll be happy. And I just felt, I remember just feeling really lost alone and really sad. And then I got married at 21 and I thought my husband was going to fix me. My husband... He's hilarious and he says marriage isn't a hospital. 
well, I thought marriage was a hospital and I blamed him for all my problems. And again, I used obsessing and trying to control him as a way to avoid looking at my own hurt and pain. I thought that if he spends more time with me, if he changes his behaviors, if he gives me more compliments, if he helps me more, then I'm going to be happy. It's his fault that I'm miserable. He is the root cause of all my pain and my suffering and why I feel so uncomfortable. And I got, I was very busy trying to control him. And a year after I got married, I had a baby and then I became extremely busy and distracting, distracted with trying to make sure that nobody ever hurts him. I didn't know how to handle seeing my son feel sad or angry or alone or hurt. And now I know it's because when those feelings came up in him, it stirred up those feelings in me that I was trying to run from. And if I'm trying to run from those feelings, then I didn't want to see them. So the way that I handled that was trying to control everyone around me to never make him feel that way so that I wouldn't have to be uncomfortable. So I believed that everyone else was responsible for his hard feelings because I didn't want to face those feelings in myself. So again, it was a very codependent, controlling thing to do to instead of look at, you know, what is this bringing up in me, look towards others to stop acting a certain way so that my son would be happy and blaming them for his feelings and then my feelings. And clearly that didn't work since I can't control anyone else other than me. Even me, I can't really control. So for sure, not other people, but I didn't know that. And it kind of just was another way to keep me really busy and overwhelmed and in my thinking addiction. And I pretty much was just a mess inside and I never felt peace. So I was codependent, addicted to drama, control, obsessing about body image, food, and weight. And I just felt sad, alone, angry, and depressed a lot, blaming everyone else. I thought if only something outside of me would change, if this person changed, if this relationship changed, if I had more money, a bigger house, a different body, you know, then everything's going to be okay. Then I'm going to be happy. And the last thing I'm going to share about is... Well, one of the last things I'm going to share about is that I got physical pain to try to avoid me from feeling my emotions, which I didn't know then. I really thought it was just physical pain. Um, I was doing a Taibo video once, and which was an exercise that was really popular years ago. And suddenly I just fell down onto the floor and I couldn't move. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was really scared. My back was hurting so bad. And I went to the doctor and he told me that my back went out and that it's pretty common. People's back goes out. People's backs go out when they have a weak back and I have to be really careful. So I went to the chiropractor all the time. I went to doctors who gave me medication for my back. I went to physical therapy and nothing worked. I, my back still went out a couple times a year and I had to lay flat on my back and not move and hire help. And again, it was just something that I became really busy with obsessing about and worrying about how was I going to keep my physical pain from resurfacing. And again, I had no idea that it was my body's way of saying, let me help you not worry about what's going on inside of you by giving you pain to focus on as a distraction. I really thought that I had a bad back and that was the problem. And if I could figure out how to not have physical pain, then I was going to be okay. 
And one more detail I wanted to share was my perfectionism was also a coping mechanism that, and it manifested itself differently, but one way that it manifested itself was perfectionism in cleanliness in my house. So I believe that if my house was perfectly organized and perfectly clean and everything looked perfect, then I would be happy. So if there were dishes in the sink, it was an excuse and a reason as to why I felt anxiety and why I was a mess because of course I want my house to be clean. So if everything in my house would be perfect, then I would feel okay. Then I wouldn't feel this way and my house was never going to be perfect. So there was always a reason as to why I felt the way I felt and why I didn't feel okay inside. Again, not looking at what was going on inside, but what was looking, looking at what was going on outside of me, the mess and thinking that once that's taken care of, then I'll feel better. Anyways, there's so many more details to my story, but I just wanted to give you guys a general outline just so you know a bit where I'm coming from. And in the next episodes, I'm going to break down each part of my recovery journey and how I walked away from looking outside myself and using my coping mechanisms to looking inward and learning to really to support myself through my feelings and teach myself that who I am is perfectly fine and I don't need to change anything about me other than embrace who I am and give myself the love, validation, and support that I need so that I don't need to use codependency, control, obsession, or things outside of me in order to feel that then I'm going to be okay. And like I said, I'm just going to break it down into different parts to make it short and, you know, um, explain the different aspects of my recovery one by one. And I'll start doing that next episode. So thank you so much for being here and for listening. You can find me on Instagram at live, love, inner peace. And I'm really looking forward to hearing from you guys and talk to you soon.